0: The Eddie B. Sit Edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. ...Mu'aid Katan Daf Chavzayin. Today's Daf is being studied in the Aluna of R' Ham Ben Esther. Ruv Hashem Tanihanu B'Gan Eden. Amen. Today's Daf is being studied in the Aluna Shma'at of R' Ham. Ezra ben Mazal שנפתח yamim Hashem Eden חיים Amen is being studied before sherema Yitzhak chayim ben rina Amen We begin today's Zdaf On Chavav Amud And we are five lines <laughs> from the bottom We begin for those that are giving the se'udat of Ra'ah to the Avelim They sit on regular beds while the mourners are on the floor Because we learned that the mourners have to turn over their beds That's mitot kefuyot We have a bright ta'olech, lebet The person goes to gas bo. If the menachamim uh, If they are accustomed, if they are familiar with the mourners, which means like their family relatives and things like that, where they're used to him, So then they sit on the floor with the avil so therefore, why? because we're not worried about a lack of respect, or them being embarrassed, they, they know him, they're close to the mourner so therefore, we're not worried about disrespecting them, that they're, they're sitting on, uh, on a bed and uh, the mourners are sitting on the floor, they can sit on the floor with them however, if they're not accustomed, which means they're not uh, normally uh, uh, close to the mourners so then they sit on out of respect for them they're not so close to the mourners. when so they, well, they sit on a regular bed, and they give the sa'udat of So the governor tells a story. Rabah, itra be milta. Which means he had a situation of avilut. Al-gabbe, abab bar marta. So abba bar marta came to visit him. Dehu abba bar min That's also called abba bar min So he came to eat with him sa'udat of ra'ah. Rabah, zakif. So Rabah, he straightened up the bed, in order for the Abba to sit on the bed, straight. The Abba Bar cafe. So Abba Bar turned it over. As if to say that he's going to sit on the floor with Rabbah. So hmm. Amar, so Rabba said, Kama hmm. How much is this young student, this rabbi over here lacking intellect? Why? Because it seems that this student or this Abba Bar Min Yumi was not so close to Rabbah. It was not considered gasba. And therefore, Rabba was saying, you don't have to sit on the uh, floor over here at If the law is that you're not close, you sit regularly. So therefore, Rabba knew what he was doing. Rabba turned over the bed, right side up, so he could sit. Uh, <speaking in Hebrew> uh, when uh, uh, the, the student didn't know what he was doing, he turned it upside down to sit on the floor with him. So Rabba does not know uh, what he's doing, because really, according to Allah, it's not gasba. So there's no uh, for him to sit on the floor. That's one way of interpreting the story. Others interpret simply that the, he didn't understand what he was doing. Stam. And when he turned the bed over, uh, he to sit on the floor, and Rabah turned it right side up. Uh, he didn't understand the, why he's turning right side up, so he just turned the bed down again. So he said, "What? Do you mean? He doesn't understand that the, he's allowed to sit on uh, mitah zikufah." In any event, the Gemara continues. A person, let's say, is traveling. Okay? And as he's traveling, business traveling that is, he hears that one of his relatives passed away. So the Mishnah says over here, or the Baraita says, He should minimize his work. Now we learned that during Avilut one is not allowed to work. However, we said that during uh, the Avedut, uh, if it's Davara Aved, it's going to cause a financial loss, so it is permissible. So there was the over here. The it seems, over here, the guy's on the road. So he's saying he's on the road already, he has all his merchandise out and things like that. So it's going to be Davara Aved. So therefore, if he hears on the road that he's now in Aved, he can continue working and sell his merchandise. So the question is, everybody can do that, not only a person is on the road, if it's davara Avid, it's permissible for everybody. So that's the Hadush of Tosafot says, we're talking about Oveh Abib because when it came to Abib V'Immo, even davara Avid is Asur. And the Hadush is over here, if it's Abib V'Immo and he's on the road, and he's not able to, to, to he's selling his merchandise, it's going to be Davar Avid. Here we make a special dispensation, because of the fact that he is uh, on the road. And the gum m the most bright economies the Imlav, which means uh the first thing is Imaiat, which means he should try to minimize his uh his uh, work he stopped working but, but if he can I mean, if it's of a great uh, loss he's permissible to continue doing work with the group that's there which means the group that came uh, out on the road with him he's not going to work himself he has a group with him so the uh, brayta says he can continue doing work under that capacity so the Qatayla <laughs> he should stop if he can't stop because <laughs> he should continue working with the group that's with him Again, like we explained, it, he unloaded his merchandise already, he has all his yeah. goods there, he traveled. So they'll be lenient even, the Gabe Abiv, the She says, He cannot work alone, so he's working with the group that's with him, so therefore they are lenient under those circumstances. Comes the Gemara and continues, Okay, now we have another question. When does... Turn around. Literally, when does Kifiyat Tamita begin? When do you have to turn over the beds? That was one of the things we said in the Bet Avel. But the real question is, when does Avelut per se start? When does the laws of mourning kick in? And I was asking it in Kifiyat uh, Tamita, but it's really a general question for Avelut itself. So, Tarah Rabbanan, Me'ematayko amito. From when does Avelut enter? So, they have a peto. One opinion says, once the body leaves the house, leaves the threshold, then those that are staying behind immediately begin Rabbi Yoshua exactly what Stimata Golil is she learned Stimata Golil was that they're covering the Aron. Which means the Aron has a plank that they put on top of the Aron, they seal the Aron. Others explain, Stimata Golil is the coffin itself is buried, which means they bury it. Stimata they bury it, and they put the stone on top. So it's an earlier state, It's when they're covering the Aron itself, the coffin, whereas the does she thought it's actually when they put it in the. Ground and they covered with the rock. Maaseh shemit Rabban Gamliel Hazaken story. Rabban Gamliel Hazaken died. Kevanchi had some of pentech beto. So now they took him out of the house to bury him. Amar the end would be the Eisa. So the Eisa told the mourners that remained behind. Kefu mitotachem. Turn over your beds. Which is that when it begins. Now once already they buried him. And there the was a matagolem. Amar them to be Yeshua. So Yeshua told the mourners. Turn over your beds. Each one following their own shita. Hmm. We did it already. According to the zakim. Which is we followed the opinion of. To be the eyes. So I'm just showing you to be the eyes of Yeshua. Consistent to the shita. Shita. When exactly the laws of Avelud begin? Shabbat. We learned above, if you remember, one of the things that are asur on Shabbat is kifiyat tamita because that is like an Avelud because the person goes to the house, the beds are turned over, so it looks like you're showing public mourning on Shabbat, so you have to make the tamitah, and you don't do that on Shabbat, you do it on Erev Shabbat, before the Shabbat comes in. So the question is, when on Erev Shabbat, do they uh, turn the beds right side up? At what time? So the Gebra answers, Minha من منحا المعلا From the time of Minha and on. It's Machloket, Tosafot has a Safek, is a منحا قدولا, which would be, let's say, six and a half hours into the day, or is it منحا قدولا, which would be nine and a half hours into the day. In any event, that is the uh, Safek of the Tosafot, uh, uh, but that's the uh, time that uh, it has to be uh, done, before uh, the Shabbat uh, enters. Comes the and continues, Enu Yoshev Shach, Which means, even though you turn the bed right side up, doesn't mean you can sit on the bed. Which means, you're just turning the bed over, like what Shabbat, but he has to keep the laws of Avilut himself, in the sense that he cannot sit on that bed until actually Shabbat enters. Okay, because bottom line, he's still no Noheg, Avelut, it is still Friday, it's not Shabbat yet. So he can turn them all over, but he cannot sit on them. Well, Mozeh Shabbat, uh, so now comes, what is happens in Mosei Shabbat, meaning we're talking about a case where let's say the seventh day of Avelut is on Sunday. Let's take that as an example. And I'm choosing that for a reason. And let's say the seventh day of Avelut is on Sunday, so now he still has to be mitabel in Mozeh Shabbat. He has to get the seventh day in. So Shabbat, even though he's sitting for one day, which he has one more day left, he has to turn the beds over again. Now there's uh, different opinions over here uh, with the Chedushes. According to the Ritba, the Ritba says we have a rule Miksata yom Kikulo that only applies to the yom, to the day. We don't say Miksata laila Kikulo. and therefore. Since he has to sit on the seventh day, so he's not out of the Avelut yet. So therefore, Mosei Shabbat, he's not going to get up till, till Sunday morning, this guy. So therefore, Mosei Shabbat, he has to turn the beds over again, because he really now has a regular avilut. The Ramban says uh, that, really, we say, even from except the ki part of the night. So therefore, he wants to say, just turn the beds over, Mosei Shabbat, and then uh, the avilut is over. Because the miqsata yom even can be said at night, laila, layla, start a part of the night. The doesn't like that because he says if it's Miksata layla, so already the avidut's over immediately. What does he have to turn over the beds for? Just let him uh, do something else to sow a sign of avidut and the avidut's going to be over immediately. That's why he says, no, you're talking about miqsata yom, so if we have to turn it over at night in order to get out of it, the next, what's the mahluket, the rabban and the rithba over here regarding the Mixata laila. do we say it? Uh, when does the avidut officially and in any event comes the, Gemalak continues, Tanu the Banan. Kofe mitato, which is that which we say that the Abil has to turn over his bed, Not only his bed does he have to turn over, Kol All the beds that are in the house, which means any bed that's designated for sitting or lying down, those beds have to be turned over as well he has ten beds in ten different places, which according to some, in five, some of Farsi, he in ten yes. different locations. Yeah. Because he owns uh, different houses, all the, and he goes from time to time, all these beds have to be turned over as well. Uh, uh, that's the dean of uh, Avelut. His beds or the whole house? The, all the beds in the house. What all the beds in the house. Yeah, if he comes, in. To... comes the Gemara says, وَأَفِلُ <laughs> hamisha even let's say you have a case of five brothers, Umet Echad. And so one of the brothers died, Kulan Kofin. Which means all the other brothers have to turn their beds over as well. Which means the Hadush is here is, not only do the beds in the house of the Niftar have to be turned over, but let's say these brothers are in their own houses. So the Hadush is wherever these brothers are, even if it's not in the house where the Niftar was, the beds have to be turned over as well. Okay? Comes the Gemara and finishes here. If this is a bed that's designated, let's say, for putting vessels on it, then you don't have to turn it over. The only beds that you have to turn over are beds that are designated for sitting or sleeping. If a bed is designated for kilim, so that's not a deen that has a Kifiyah at Now the Gemara discusses... Well, for that matter, he says uh, in the Rambam, uh, vessel mitah uh, maot uh, money table that they put uh, money on or money chair or something like that also does not need uh, that's more like a closet or a storage that's not a mitah, just, the, just yeah, exactly yeah. dargash we'll see what a dargash is dargash en sarich lichpoto a dargash does not have to be turned over el la which means you just have to stand it up on its side. It's partial turning over. You don't have to turn the whole thing over. You just stand it up on its side. matir et karbitav. You just loosen its uh, loops or straps. Karbitav. And that is enough which seems like this dargash according to the way the rabbi understood it, it's like a bed that has a mattress on top of it, and it seems it's being held by uh, ropes. ropes, so you just untie the ropes, like the straps, and then the mattress just falls to the ground, you don't have to turn over the actual bed, okay, so that is what is my dargash, what is indeed a dargash, amar ula arsa de gada. It is a bed of good luck. So cool. What does that mean? Look at Rashi, on the third line, mitash miyachadim otan l'mazal tov. The certain bed that they put in the house, a good luck uh, bed. V'emish tamshim baklum. You don't sit on it, it's just a decoration. E'la miyachadim otan l'ssarrot mazal uh, tov, alishrot mazal tov So mazal tov will rest uh, on it. The... Uh, the explained that the word uh, God is uh, an interpretation of mazal. For example, when uh, God was born, Lea uh, said, "I'm sorry, Ben Ha said, 'Vatomid ba God.' Who's ba God? Ba God ba mazal tov." The says, "You see, God is actually a lashon that they use for mazal tov. So he so calls it Arsa de Gada." In any event, we see also a question over here amongst the Mepharshim, is it permissible to have this in the house? I mean, this is like uh, worshipping uh, mazal and luck. So the Mepharshim do discuss this over here, because you see Surah of Nihush. Uh, the Ran in Nidarim says over here that they were actually designating the bed, Likmod of Certain malach, and therefore, it was not for was it wasn't for like uh or something like that. It was Likhbod, a uh, malach that's in charge of Shemirah, protection of the house. So, therefore, there's no Isur uh, in that. Some just say it was a sign of wealth. Somebody that was wealthy, they wanted to show that they're wealthy. They would put this bed there. So when you walked in, you knew they're ready. So there's like a, a, a status a symbol that they you know, have. They, you know, they have, uh, they have In any event, that's what this uh, dargash is. sarsa de gada comes. The gemaran says. Now let's just uh, let's just discuss now what the machlokah is between Tanakama and. Uh, Ban him on bin, so he says over here that the dargash is made with a mattress on top of let's say a frame of uh, wood, and they tie it with these uh, loops right with the uh, ropes, and when you undo the uh, ropes, so what happens is the mattress falls to the ground, okay so that's already mita once already uh, falls to the ground that's already the not, not the normal way. Now, the Shomom Gamliel is more mahmir uh, than the Tanakama, Because according to Tanakama, Tanakhama just says, you don't have to untie it. Just take the Dargash and stand it up. However, the Shomom says, no, you actually have to untie it until the mattress actually falls to the ground. So that's a uh, mahluket. At least that's why the Mukay Yosef learns. The Dittba learns oh. the opposite. He says, the Shomom Gamliel is coming to be more Mekel than the Tanakama. He's just saying that you have to just take off the... Uh, the, the mattress so to speak, but you don't have to flip the Dargaj uh, on its side. So that's a what is considered a bigger Tirha uh, the no, you know, you leave it uh, straight uh, and horizontal. But you just have to undo some of the uh, straps. Whereas Tanakamaz Mahmir, you got to pick it up, you got to lift it, you got to put it on the side. So, who's the Mahmir and who's the Mekel in this case? Comes to and says. Now we have some questions. Amar So Rabba tells Ula. Now again, Ula going to get all the questions over here because he's the one that explained to us what the Dargash is. He told us that it was the other side of So all the questions now are being. Uh, uh, Position to Ula, directed to Ula. Ama l says, It says by a king, that's in Avelut. Uh, when they're bringing him, let's say, the Saudat Havra'ah to the king, Everybody has to sit on the ground when they're giving the king the Saudat And he sits on the Dargash. So the Gabbara says, lo Which is, until now, even the king, as great as he is, would not sit on the Dargash. That's not the way of kings to sit on the Dargash. Now you're saying that he becomes an avil. Now all of a sudden he's going to sit on the said this, this item was not designated for sitting, and therefore it's not uh, all of a sudden now that the king becomes an avil. Now he becomes worthy to sit on the dergash. Doesn't make sense. Which means, if you're telling me it's for the malach, so why now that the, the king became an avil, do you say that he should sit on the Dargash? Doesn't make any. Doesn't make any sense. So comes, the Gemaran says, Matkif la so comes back with an answer. Ma-Kushya, <speaking in Hebrew> what's your question? Me di daha akhila it's no different than the eating and drinking habits. da ada i dana lo ukhline Till now, it's not a day for other people to feed the king from their own food. Right, the king normally eats from his own food. ha ash tah own food. Now the king is eating from food that belongs to others. So you do see that things change. So just like we're changing the eating habits of the king, we're changing the uh, sitting habits and the lying habits of the uh, king. So therefore, don't ask me a question. uh, Is it normal for the king now? Or is it normal for the king now to receive food from uh, others? Or what? We're involved in shinui. Things are not the same. So give us okay. We have a different question. Ela i kasha you want to ask a question? on ola ask the kasha like this. D'etanya, we have a bride Right, we have a bright that says you don't have to turn it over. Ela just put it on the its side. e If you're telling me it's this thing for the for the for the malach, there's good luck bed. Which means why it's a bed? Why shouldn't you have to turn it over? Oh, so you're gonna come along and say maybe because you don't sleep on it? What do you mean? But Hatanya, we learned that kofe mitato the person that's turning over his bed lo mitato bevadu kofe el ha kol mitotch yes lo betoch beto kofe adefod is a hashadikanda. It's not only the bed that he sleeps on, every single bed has it to be turned over. So why of a sudden when we got to this Al-Sadiqadad with the Oh, Or put it on its side, but if it's a bed, it has the it's deserving of all the laws of the bed, to turning it over. So therefore the question on know is how can you tell me it's al bed of Mazal? If it's a bed, it has the law of qiyah you you gotta turn it over. We mean, give no dispensation of you know putting it on its uh, side. So the giver says, What are you talking about? Oh my kashya. What, what kind of question is that? It's no different than a bed that's designated for putting vessels on it. Which means, don't this turn. is not a bed for sitting. Just like a bed that you said that's designated for um, vessels. vessels. You don't have to turn it over. So this bed also you don't have to turn it over. So therefore, the Gemara uh, is trying to ask questions on Ula. And every question they ask on Ula, he's uh, finding a uh, finding a haluk. Uh, now, hey, you'll argue, you'll say, "Wait, Rabbi, if you're telling me that it's like a mitah, that's me, a kid, Don't turn it over at all." Right, so you have to say it's somewhere in the middle. It is a bed. It's not miyuhad for uh, sleeping, it's not miyuhad for killing, it's somewhere in the middle, so therefore the deen would be to put it on its uh, side. In any event, Kabzah Gavarad says, okay, if you want to ask the question, the question is like this. ikasha, akasha. If you want to ask the question, the question is as follows. Rabban shemom gavariel dargash matir karbitav Vihun no fehl Like we learned, Rabban shemom gavariel shita was what? The way you matir the uh, dargash undo its straps and the mattress falls to the floor. So says, So what are you talking? The bed of Asad Gadda, this mazal bed, does not have these loops. Which means it's a, regular, it's a regular type of bed. And therefore, it's just designated for the mazal, for the malach. It's not constructed differently, and therefore, how can you tell me Matir it Karbitav? So the Gemara says Ki Ata Ravin. Rabin came Amar Leah, who is One of the Rabbis said Rav His name was of Techlifah, but Davash he was accustomed in the marketplace of the tanners of leather. So he knew a lot about the melaka of leather. And he explained, my dargash, you know what a dargash is? Arsa de sala." new interpretation it's a bed that they put it's made out of leather, I mean, it has a leather uh, mattress, and it, the leather is attached to the frame of the bed with some uh, straps and they uh, keep it there they tie it to the uh, four corners and the Hadus of the Bancher is that all the Abel has to do is untie these straps so it falls uh, to the ground they did not make you turn it over, because if you turn it over you're going to ruin the leather because then the top of the leather is going to be flush touching the ground. It seems there was moisture on the ground and things like that. So he was leaning in the sense of a dargash. Just let it, let it fall to the ground. So the bottom of the leather is just uh, touching the ground. As opposed to a regular bed. Even if you turn it over, the posts of the bed protruded from the sides. So even when you turn it upside down, the mattress itself is not going to touch the ground. It's going to be a little elevated. And therefore, we're not worried about that, but in this case over here, if they're going to turn it over, the leather's going to touch the ground itself. So you just said matir et, be karbitav. And then it's like lowering it exactly, you lower it a little. So maybe it's even dangling, maybe yeah. it's even hanging. That makes touching. more sense. Yeah. not even touching the ground. It's just hanging. And therefore, uh, you're not ruining the leather. That's what I was saying. So therefore the Maaseh, uh, in conclusion, the interpretation of Arsad, the Gadda, is this leather bed. What about the other man there, man? He said, just turn it, why? Also to protect the leather, man. Why, why, why would he be more lenient, as opposed to turning it uh, upside down? Again, because he's, he's gonna ruin it. It, because he's going to ruin it. It's also going to ruin it. Right? Itmar Nabeh, Amar Birmiya, Dargash, sirugo which is what a dargash. The sirug sirug is the tying uh, or the actually the weaving of it because the leather is on a as a woven on a woven ropes like. So sirugo right? Yes, you can see a picture of that actually. Uh, right, I have it over here in the art scroll number twenty-eight. You see a picture of the Sirug of the uh, of the ropes that are in the frame. Okay, 29 in the English, you see the picture of the ropes. 29 and 26. First one is 26. Okay, I'm looking at the dargash. Ta siruga al-gabam. So basically what the difference is over here, the leather bed, which we're calling outside the salah, its weave is inside the frame. On the regular bed The weave is on top of the frame Uh, It's the opposite pictures Actually in 31 you see And in 28 you see The regular bed that is uh, Woven from on top Oh very good And our picture books over here on the Ma'or on 104 You see Arsad Sada Okay you see that leather Weave that goes in the bed itself And uh, 105 Is mitas Al-Gabbah that's actually on the uh Leather on the bed. It is spread over the floor. Okay, so okay. that's the different type of bed. So again, it's by the meh. I'm going to be dargash. Seruga metocho, mita seruga al gaba. Comes the Gemara continues. Amar be al kubarachah, Amar be Yoshebenevi halacha kerabanch shemah omigemneil that the dargash. All they have to do is untie the loops. Right, to lower a little, and that's enough for Kifiata Mita. Okay, that is what we call like a canopy bed. Basically, you have the picture in 33 in the art scroll, but you have also, basically, it's a bed with a frame, it has two uh, uh, posts coming out in the middle. From the two ends in the middle is a post there and a post going across, right? And they put a canopy over it, it's like a oil. So such a bed you don't turn over. I guess you can't turn it over. So what do you do it's in such a bay thing? So you just side. stand it up on its side. Zukfa vetayo. You turn it on the side and it is enough. It is must be We have a bright Yashan Gabeki se and we had this right down once before. For a person, let's say during the Avelut, he sat on a chair which see, he he didn't sleep on his bed. Right? He decides to sleep in an unusual fashion. He sat let's say, on a chair. Al <laughs> gabe That's the mechteshet that would be like the uh, mortar. Gedona mizu uh, <laughs> even more so. Al <laughs> gabe even more so. He slept uh, on the ground. He did not fulfill his obligation. What obligation are we talking about? Amar Which is, I don't care if the guy slept on the floor. He has to turn over the beds. Which means turning over the beds is a dean in itself. You cannot say, well, uh, what's the purpose of turning over the beds, right? To, to sleep on the floor. Well, I slept on the floor. Right. No. He has to turn over the beds, and he's not Yotsev by changing his. All the beds. No. Whatever bed. The boy he has to make him Yatamidah. If he didn't make him Yatamidah at all, right. he's not Yotsev he just by sleeping on the floor or changing his, uh, his pattern, right? Even though he didn't sleep in a wow. normal bed. We learned uh, uh, above that uh, the, from the Tosafot, that there's two reasons today, basically why Kefiat is not done, one is because they're worried about the Guyim, they're going to think that he's involved in some type of witchcraft, Maase and the second one was that our beds are not constructed like their beds, Tosafot said, so if, if you turn it over, it's not going to be recognizable, mm-hmm. and therefore, Kefiat is not doing. but it should be noted, that the Avedim uh, do not sit on chairs that's also based on this Gemanavia uh, they their sitting is on a different uh, wait, that's what they sit on the floor. No, we didn't find anywhere in the Gemara that it says the uh, really literally has to sit on the floor. We just mm-hmm. learned mm-hmm. Kifiyat So therefore, today, there is Kifiyat not turning over the beds per se, but the for the manhag came about that they sit on the floor itself. Comes the Gemara continues, We're discussing now the different Melachot that are permissible to be done, in the beta avel number one, Mechabinia means to sweep, Marbitzin would be, they would sprinkle water on the ground, dust. in order that the dust settles. settles, right? You don't want the dust to fly up. Um, that's the normal thing to do in every house, so it's permissible to do in the beta itself. Someone want to say itself, to the Muqay Yosef, that the avel himself is able to do these Melakot, uh, because that's not part of the Melakot that the Ha'akimim were Oser. Also is Permissible to wash uh, the uh, different type of plates and cups and the pitchers and the different types of uh, uh, utensils that are uh, needed, even immediately after the sauda Even though you're not going to use them till tomorrow. It is still permissible to keep on washing the different type of vessels. The en the avel. However, they do not bring the mugmar. Mugmar was like besameen, that they used to put over the coals and they used to burn the coals and then it would like bring a yeah. fragrance, bring a uh, uh, incense, similar. like a smell. So that's not to bring to a bet avel, because it's ta'anug, uh, it's pleasurable. So the Braita says they don't bring it to the. Uh, Bet uh, Avil. What was the reason why we don't want to have uh, Ta'alug in the Bet Avil? We learned it on yesterday's daf because it's somebody mitzvah on the people. The people are going to say, look at this guy, he just lost a loved one, and he's enjoying himself. Just like we said, why the avil cannot put a child on his lap during the time of avilud? Because the people are going to say, he just lost a loved one, now he's uh, enjoying himself. So therefore, they want to say the same thing, why this Mugbar Biasur. We have a contradiction. says that we do not make a Berakhah. On the besamim or on the mugmar that's found in the bet so the gemara says, "Baruchehu de lo Yeah, we don't make a berachah Ha atuye, But what? It's mashma. You can bring it. You just don't make a berachah You just told me you don't bring the mugmar at all. La'kasha Ha be bet ha'avel. Ha So the gemara give here gives a uh, the answer. In the Beit Ha'abil, that's where the mourners themselves would sit. So where the mourners are sitting, they don't bring the Muqmar at all. However, in the room where the Menachamim were, right, the Menachamim was sitting in another room, and the Avil would go have. into that room from time to time, where the Menachamim were, l'khbot the Menachamim, so the, be... the consolers, so they would put a uh, Besamim over there, uh, in order, just to, maybe there's bad smells in the house, and don't want to have a Kavot to the Menachamim, so they would put the uh, uh, Mugmar, in that room. That's one way of learning. However, there are many of the Rishonim... Again, the whole reason why you don't make a beracha is because they just don't have to get rid of the smell. The law when it comes to Mugmar is you only make a beracha on it if it's for positive purposes. But here it's the Avir Raya. And maybe there's a bad smell in the house. So therefore for the Mirameen they put this mukbar there so there's no beracha on the mukbar, but authorities show him have the exact opposite interpretation of this gemara. They say Adraba Aveil is where the avil is sitting and the corpse is there. So in that room that's where you put the mukbar. Because you need to get rid of the smell of the corpse. And that's why you don't make a berakhaat, because it's only only just to get rid of the smell. But with a benachamimah, the corpse is not there, therefore you have to put mugmar over there. So therefore, it's the exact opposite. Look at the, exactly where the mugmar is placed and where it's not. We move on to the next Mishnah. and Now, when they give the mourners this se'udat habraa, like we learned. Lo betabla. Tabla is a... A certain tray, we'll call it, but that's like Derech Kavot, that's in a very uh, respectful uh, way over there. So the Mishnah says, they don't put it on the uh, tabla. It was either made out of gold, or silver, or expensive uh, glass. Velo iskutla, iskutla would be, let's say, a large uh, bowl. Okay, it's not served in that as well. Velo kanon, It's not served in a big basket. Ela very simple baskets, and the Gemara is going to explain exactly uh, what type of baskets were used for this uh, for this purpose. Now, uh, different ways of learning this Mishnah. Someone learned this is the law all year round, and uh, someone to say that this Mishnah is dafka discussing hola But in hola when they're making the seudat havraah. It cannot be done in the normal way. It's dafka done b'salim Katanim. So that should be kept in mind, just like we had in the previous mishdayot. Uh, this machloket is talking about all year, or dafka, hola mo'ed, has must be different. We don't want to give we it... We do better. A, no. We no don't way. want to make it shinui. So therefore, because really that's not supposed to be avilut, so they want to do it in a different, uh, a different fashion. In any event... Well, that's the hadhamina, and that's maybe the that the Mukherjee uh, Yosef says that. The hadhamina would be maybe you think you could use these fancier Malan. Uh. still, they do, you can only use the small ones. In any event, we continue. And now clearly the Mishnah tells us, things that are forbidden in the Avelut on the Mu'ad. Number one is Birkat Avelim. What is Birkat Avelim? When they used to come back from the burial in the uh, street, in the Rehob, they used to give these Saudat Havra'ah, and there was a Berakhah they used to make, Baruch shem Minachem Avelim. And that berachah is not made at the top of Havra'ah uh, during uh, HaMu'ad. Furthermore, aval on Dim the procedure of Shura is done, which means the uh Menachamim would stand in a row and they would console the uh, mourners on the way back from the cemetery, Ufotrin etarabim. Uh, different interpretation. Of what this means? Some say that right after the nihum, the mourners, they let the uh, menahamim go, which means they poter them. They let them go miyad, which means to go uh, to go home. They exempt them. That she says, she said, uh, Go home. They don't have to. Uh, they don't have to stay. Since they're not making there's no made, so there was no purpose. Once ready, then your home is made, then you can just uh, go home. to <coughs> say that uh once the mourners were consoled on mu'id by these uh, consolers, they fulfilled their obligation. They don't have to come back. They don't have to go to the house. So potin otam miyat, which means immediately that's it. Yeah, you're off the hook, you did your uh your uh you're which means on Holamu'e, they do not place the coffin in the street. Uh, this is talking about over here that even let's say in a case where you're allowed to eulogize. For example, a Hakam that in is permissible to make espadim. However, they do not leave the coffin in the street to make the funeral we'll see why we don't want to make accustomed during these days which means if you're going to make a spid in public like that in the middle of the street people might come to eulogize people that are really not supposed to be uh, eulogized and therefore hakam. you do make a sped, but not in the public not we should be quick Basically, it's a quick, uh, quick situation. nashim yeah. Never do they leave the nashim into the hof to make the esped at all. That's a of kavod. The issue over there is they're concerned that the lady might have some damnida that might be flowing from her body. And that will make the tachrichin all soiled, and that would not be kavod for the The lady. Right, they were talking about it was revealed. Right, at least the tachrichin, yeah, it was revealed. So therefore, it could lead to something that's not uh, mechubad. So therefore, it was a suit for the ladies always. Comes the Gemara and says, We have a brayta, barishonah. Originally they used to bring the Saudat Abra'a to the How The rich people they used to serve the Sodatavra with gold or silver bowls. They would come with uh, palm branches of you know uh, peeled or uh what does he call that Twigs made out of twigs, cheap, cheap baskets. That's the point yeah? of uh, the willow, uh, willow branches. Value anim it bishim. The anim were embarrassed. After all, the rich guy is coming uh, to make s'orat with these gold vessels, and they have these uh, willow branch uh, vessels. It that's it, they standardized the killing for the uh for the so not avrah, not embarrassed Anim. Everybody has to use the same cheap vessel. Well, they used to give the food to the Avilim in the Beta Avel Originally, Ashirim levana. The rich people would be served in let's say very fine. glass. Whereas the poor people would have colored glass. The reason is because the rich man, he has good wine. And therefore, he doesn't mind that everybody sees what's in the glass. So it's clear glass. That's. But the Ani, he doesn't have such a good wine in there. So to cover it up, they would serve it in. And the mortar can have wine. They would serve it in uh, like a. Colored, glass. Colored, uh, colored glass. So the Gemara says, Like the mourners were uh, were embarrassed. So what happened? That's it. So everybody has to use now. Colored glass in order not to embarrass the anim. There's a pasuk that says, Tenu le-oved, ve-yayin nefesh. which means they would give wine dafka to the mourners because the wine would settle them down. Okay? And they made the takana, everybody has to use the colored glass. But ishona, hayu at the uh, funeral, they would reveal the faces of the Ashirin. which means you could see them. You could see the body itself at the funeral. The reason why they did that was, in order, they would see somebody that looked uh, robust, was healthy and fat and big. They would say, "Look, if such a person that would, he was so uh, healthy and what he died, so that would give a Musa to everybody else." Mashiach. But when it comes to the Aniim the Aniim doesn't look uh, he's skinny famished. he's famished and therefore they would, uh, at the funerals they would cover them up so the Aniim were getting embarrassed so okay. their faces were blackened because of famine the Aniim were embarrassed of this again standardized everybody's covered in order not to embarrass the Poor people. Kamzikab continues by Shrayum Hashirim Bid Dargash. Originally the rich man they used to bring them out when he died on a dargash. That's a fancy bed, right? The leather beds. Dani Bihliba. That's a, a cheap bed made like a ladder, just with slats and wood. and the anim obviously got embarrassed. It No standard, die Everybody has to go out with this. Kikhlichah, sorry, Bikhlichah, this type of a bed, Bepnei kebodan shel aniim, Out of respect to the aniim, correct, Bikhlichah. Berishonah, Hayu manichin etan mugmar, Tachat cholei ma'ayim mitim. Barmenar, if somebody had cholei ma'ayim, That's he had intestinal problems, The body would smell, Especially after the mitah, So therefore they would put mugmar, Underneath his body, In order to get rid of the smell. So what happened? Vayu cholei ma'ayim chayim mitbayshin. The people that were alive, that had intestinal problems, they were getting embarrassed because they knew one day, everybody's going to know that they had intestinal problems. They kept it to themselves. Now when they die, they're going to put the mugmar underneath and say, Oh, that guy had intestinal problems, it's a musha. So what did they do? Everybody. So now, under every myth they put this mugmar out of respect to the mugmar that were alive. When a nida lady that was nida died, so everything she touches, it comes in contact with is tameh. So what they would do, the custom was when they would bring her out, they would take all the vessels with her, that were tamer, they would dip it in the mikveh. hayot So the ladies that were nidot, that were alive, were embarrassed. So what are they embarrassed over here? Which means that if they're going to die, uh... And like this, so everybody's going to know that Tuma when they when they die, it's embarrassing. And therefore, when they made an tachanah, the tachanah was Every lady, they took our vessels next to the mitan, they put them in the mikveh, not embarrassed embarrass any dot that were uh, still alive. Comes the gemara continues. Similarly, a person was a Zav. Zav, he has a, an emission from his body that makes him Tamir, So they would take all his Kedim with him and they would uh, dip it in the mikveh at the time of the Mita. Again, the people that are alive were embarrassed. Which means everybody's going to know that they were a Zav when they die. And it's uh, like separating uh, the people. It Zavin again, they made a takana, every man that died, they took uh, all the kelim and they dipped all the kelim. not to embarrass the people that were zavin. I know they were alive. But ishona originally The Gebara says that the uh, expenses of the funeral were more debilitating on the family than the actual death itself. I mean, they could handle the death, but they couldn't handle the expenses of the funeral. <laughs> the family would just buy the shrouds, leave the body, and run. They couldn't afford the uh, the prices. <laughs> Until came along. It seems uh, that the rich people they would spend thousands of zuzim on Tehrin, and the uh, the poor guy couldn't uh, couldn't afford anything. So we just leave the net and run away. So who solved that dilemma? Yeah. The Gamliel, what happened he belittled himself, how? The he put in his will before he dies. He wants to be buried in a very cheap Tachnikhin. <laughs> <laughs> Flax. <laughs> Once they saw that migrant was a very rich man. If he went and he lowered his kavor to be buried in very simple takhrikheen, so now he set the standard and now everybody, rich or poor, now uh, were able to be buried uh, with dignity without having to worry about the expenses. Kamsa Gibran says that the people in the following generations took it a step further to the better. (laughs) They take like a garment made out of hemp which is worth one zoos, and they use it for takhrichim, which is even less than pishtan, which means they, they took the lead from Rabban Gamliel, that he saw he wanted to downsize the uh, expenditure, that therefore the people in the subsequent generation, they would only even put it in one, um, one zoos of uh, hemp. You see over here, from the Gemara, the Gemariot that we just mentioned, how the Hakamin were concerned about the plight of the poor people. Which means they did not have an attitude and say, well listen, you know, they're poor, they have to know that they're poor, and we're uh, rich, and that's their, uh, that's their plight, that's our uh, benefit, and we earned our money honestly, and therefore we can do anything we want. See, on the contrary, see, the hakimim were concerned about, and uh, therefore uh, the funerals got out of hand. And because of that, Hachamim felt they had to make Takanaz. Similarly, in our generation, we might say that the weddings got out it, which means what the funerals were in the olden days, that's what became for the weddings. Which means that they became so exorbitant to make a wedding, and obviously the people that are anim are embarrassed, and they have to struggle. And therefore, some of the great Hachamim throughout the generations did make Takanot, Hatam Sufeir was known for the consummatory laws that he made, exactly banning different type of exquisite foods that cannot be served at the weddings. And he actually uh, listed a menu that can be served, uh, everybody, rich or poor, in order to make it uh, uniform, that there should not be pressure, the should feel that they are, Chaz uh, shalom, being embarrassed or slighted. Gemara continues. A quote from the Mishnah: So we learned in the Mishnah that on cholam when somebody passes away, they do not put the coffin into the chov like was customarily done to make the eulogies. And the Mishnah said: in order not to accustom the people into making hespedim, because really cholam it is asur to make hespedim only like we're going to say now for tamid hakam so other people, they do not want to put the uh, coffin in the Rishut uh, the beam even when a Tamil HaKam passes away, because they don't want to accustom people into the Hesped. Uh, Others want to say, the Ran wants to explain over here, because they don't want the mourners to come to excessive crying. If they put the coffin in the public domain, it would cause them to have excessive crying, and it would mazik them, it would physically harm them, and yom tov mithalil bekach, and it would ruin their yom uh, tov, which is the uh, holiday. So comes and says, Papa, in mo'ed Bifne talmid hakam. Which means there is no moed. The moed is overridden when it comes to a tamid hakam, which means that that manna of it passes away on the cholam moed. They eulogize him nonetheless. Vechol sheken Hanukkah upurim, or the more so Hanukkah purim, which are less days than cholam moed. Certainly, they are overridden. And Tamil uh, Hakam that passes away can be eulogized as well as on Hanukkah and uh, Purim. Now, of course, these days are much less stringent only because Holam O'ed is Yisur Melakha. Hanukkah and Purim, it's mutar min ad-din b'asiyat melakha. So that's why it's a Kulchikin. If for Holam it's permissible to baspirat Tamir Hakam culture on Hanukkah and Purim. It should be noted that all the laws of Avelu do apply on Hanukkah and Purim as well. It's all discussing if it's noheg b'faresia or noheg b'sena'ah, but uh, the laws do apply nonetheless. All this is talking about Tamir Hakam b'fanaf, which means when the Tamir Hakam's coffin is in front of the people, they are able to eulogize. Ab'al, But if it's not in front of the people, so he was buried already just to make um, uh, eulogies, this would be forbidden. Comes the Gebra and says, Eni we have a contradiction. The Rav Kahana saved Rav Zevi from Nehardea. Yeah Rav Kahana eulogized Rav Zevi from Nehardea before Nahara. and he eulogized him in the place called Pum Nahara, which is not wow. in Nehardea. And he did it on Cholamorid. Yeah. He eulogized him Shelo b'fanav. How did he do that? Ama Rav Yom Shemua Hava Uchfanav Damer that was the day that he heard that he passed away so therefore the day that a person hears of the uh, death of the Tamil Akam is considered as if it's in front of him That therefore it was uh, permissible the Ashi in the Yad just tells us the locations over here that Rav died in the and Fum Nahara La Misham that's Ashi in the Kitab Yad so he says, شموعة شموعة right? The news came that day that he had died. Amar Ula. Ula now is going to explain different terminologies that are used in Pesukim and what the terminologies mean regarding uh, mourning and eulogizing. So the Gemara says, Amar Ula, Hisped, when the pasuk uses the word Hisped, it refers to Alev. That's a way of uh, mourning or grieving when one pounds on his heart. He bangs on his heart as a sign of grieving. diktiv like the pasuf says, Al-shadayim sofedim. Which means they eulogize on their shadayim. Shadayim literally on their bosoms. Which means they bang their chest at the sign of uh, mourning. This is uh, talking about uh, the Prophet was telling the ladies, at the time when there was Jewish Calamity, Al Shadayim Sofdin, that they should, uh, you know, show their grief by banging on their chest. And that's what it means over here, that when it says his Sped, it refers to Al-Liv. Tipuach, when it says the word Tipuach, which means in the Mishnah, sometimes it says, like, we're going to learn in the next Mishnah. It uses the word metapehin. what is that referring to? Bayad. That refers to when one claps, bang their hands against each other, in a sign of grieving as well. Kilus, when the hakamim of the tana'im, when they use the lashon kilus, this refers to beregel, stamping or stomping one's feet. So there you see there's different terminologies, different way of grieving, banging on the heart, uh, clapping the hands, or stamping the feet. Taru um, we have a brighter, hamikales, somebody that's involved in kilus, which means stamping of the feet. Lo yikales besandal. He should not make kilus when he's wearing a sandal. So the simple explanation is the sandal is not a well-fitting shoe, it's a sandal. And therefore the concern is if he's going to bang, it might fall off. And then he's going to end up banging his foot, he's going to hurt himself. So therefore... But he should do it with a min'al. Min'al is a more fitted leather shoe which can protect the foot. Others explain the exact opposite. That the sandal is more uh, uh, safe. Why? Obviously. Because the concern is over that when one bangs, there might be a rock on the ground and the rock might penetrate the bottom of his foot. A sandal, the sole of the sandal is made out of wood. And therefore there's no concern. If you're going to make a uh, killus banging on the wood, so the wood is going to protect the bottom of the foot. Where a leather shoe, the leather is soft, and therefore if there's a rock on the ground when you're banging, so the rock has to, will penetrate the bottom of the sole. And therefore it's a mahlokin which is better, the sandal or the uh, min'al? Comes the Gemara and continues, Amar <laughs> Hanan Rabbi Anand says, Avel, the mourner, <laughs> once he nods his head, <laughs> So then the consolers should not sit by him anymore. They should get up. Now what is this referring to over here? So there's two interpretations of what this means. The whole purpose of the Nechama, of the consolation process is to get the Aver uh, to accept what happened to him. So the Gemara is giving us an indication. How are you going to know when the mourner is finally at peace with the loss that he had? So the Gemara says, When he nods his head, that's an indication that he accepts that everything is from a kadosh and he accepts the uh, tragedy that happened to him and the loss. Once he nods his head as ex- accepting the defined the decree, then already the to get up. You did your job. They fulfilled his, uh, the mission. Others interpret it a little differently. That we know that the mourner is not allowed to say shalom to the consolers. He's not allowed to greet them with shalom, nor is he allowed to uh, uh, send them off bishalom, which is when they leave he cannot tell them you know, go in peace go with shalom because it's a suit for a mourner to say the word shalom to thee, uh, to the minahamin. so now the adush is like this how are the mourners going to know that it's time for them to leave so when the Avail nods his head, that's an indication as if he wants to be alone, and they could get up and go. So that's like a signal that he's giving to the, uh, to the, to the Menachamin that already uh, they are able to go. So that's the two different interpretations. Uh, now of course today, we don't use these signals, but it should be pointed out that the uh, poskim do point out, the Aruch Ha-Suhan, the Menachem, should be sensitive that maybe he's overstaying his stay, which means he has to know exactly from the body language or from the understanding of the mourner that after a certain time he has to get up and go. You shouldn't sit for too long to be a burden on the uh, mourner himself. Comes the Gemaran says, Rabbi Yochanan said, me nasi me obviously, when the nasi was the like the chief rabbi will call him when he walks into a room everybody is obligated to stand up for him uh, why? this uh, is out of kavod the chidush over here is because a mourner and a sick person is not obligated they are able to continue uh, sitting in their place and even though um... Yeah, because the, the, the Torah, the, or the Hakamim did not uh, demand on them to give the uh, kavod over here. They, they're sitting already. The Rashi over here in Ketav Yad says, She'elam hayavim, aval im amdu, amdu. Okay? If they want to stand, they can. But they did not matriach, the sick person or the aval to stand up in front of uh, the Nasi. Okay? Now certainly, if they don't have to stand in front of the Nasi... They don't have to stand in front of anybody else. Let's say a regular old man, or a regular Tamid uh, Hakam. Okay? The logic is, because they only want you to stand up Derek Kavod for the Tamid Hakam of the Nasi. This is not Derek Kavod. To make a mourner uh, get up—that's uh, not a respectful type of uh, thing for the uh, uh, for the nasi—and therefore it is not considered uh, permiss- uh, it is not considered mandatory. B'Amar la That literally means if people are standing normally. One cannot sit until the nasi tells the people shevu sit. In this case, over here, uh, they let's say the mourner was standing already, and the nasi walked in. Now he doesn't have to wait till the nasi says shivu. He can sit, no problem, even before he gets the permission. The Rashid Niktav says this is superfluous This uh, because if you tell me he doesn't have to stand up when he's sitting, so go check in uh, if he's standing, he can sit down he doesn't have to get up uh, he doesn't have to see, he can sit down as well so Rashi has a different verse, version of it he says, Ika de-amri, which De'amri this is another way of saying the same that we just learned the name of that should be noted that others are teaching us another law over here that we never tell a mourner or a sick person to sit because that's as if we're telling them stay in the position that you are, stay sick, or stay, stay morning shivu, meaning uh, sit, remain, remain where you are. So that wouldn't be, that would not be a respectful terminology. It would be offensive to the or to the uh, Comes the gemaran, uh, continues. yom On the first day of the Avelut, it is forbidden for the mourner to eat from his own bread. When he told that his wife is going to pass away, right, so he gave him all the laws of Avelut that he should not fulfill. Right, because Yehazkel did not fulfill the laws of Avilut, it was an exceptional case, because God wanted to hint to Yahazkeel that the Bethlehem is going to be destroyed, but the Jewish people are going to be exiled, they're not going to be able to mourn the destruction. Just like it's symbolized by Yahazkeel losing his wife, and he's not going to fulfill the laws of Avilut. So one of the things that uh, God told the Prophet, وَلَحَمْ anashim lo tochal." He told him, "And the bread of others, do not eat," implying that one, a normal avail has to eat, the bread of others. Now we call that Si'udat havraah. What is seudat havraah? Why is it so? Why is this deen uh, follow suit? So the halakha says like this: the mourner, because he's so uh, stricken with pain and grief, we concerned he might not eat. He might neglect his own physical health. That could be sakana. So therefore, if you're going to put a law saying that you have to eat, he's going to say, I'm not eating. I'm not in the mood to eat. So therefore, how does the uh, halakha uh, guarantee that the mourner will eat? The way that happens is they they tell the friends, they tell the friends that they're obligated to feed the mourners. So now, the mourners themselves and they don't have to worry about it. Now already their friends are going to come and provide for them bread. The custom is to give them an egg as well, which is a sign of avilut. Some give them lentils, which is also a sign of avilut. But now they're forced to eat. And the friends are not going to leave them till they eat something. So that's the deen of Sa'udat. The first so that must come from somebody else, from the friends. Mehalfe <laughs> Rav Avi, Rav Yosef, they used to exchange seudot to each other. That is, again a machloket over here. How to learn this uh, this shita? It's based on a gemara uh, that we had in Masechet Megillah. Masechet Megillah on Dabzain Amudbet gemara said Abaye bar Abin, Hanina bar Abin, mehalfe lehadadi. Which means, it says, Abaye Baravin and Ravhanina Baravin They used to switch with that purins with each other. How did Rashi learn over there? that she learned that one year, one of the brothers would eat by one brother's house, and the next year, he would eat by the other brother. Which means they would, they would alternate. One year they would spend purin by Abaye Baravin, and one year they would spend purin by Ravhanina Baravin. So that she told them the same thing over here. but when one of these rabbis was Avin. So his friend would provide for him the Saudat Avra'ah. And then, subsequently when the other one was available, he would provide for him Saudat Avra'ah. So it wasn't a simultaneous situation. Right? Whenever they came by avid, so everybody knew they could rely on the other person to supply these Saudat Avra'ah. However, others learned that that Nigila was talking about in the same year. That Abaye bar and Abhanina Bar-Aveen they used to switch Sudat Purim on one in one given year. Which means he would give him his Saudad Purim, were Wa'im. So they couldn't afford it. So he would give him his Sudat Purim and he would give him his Saudat Purim. And therefore they would get both get Sudat Purim. Because if one was going to give him that receipt, he wouldn't have anything. So therefore they would switch. He would give him his Sa'od Purim. So the same thing over here. When Badminan one of them was Avil, and one of them was Avil, so now his friend would give him Sudat Avra. Now, once he gives him a sa'udah, he doesn't have a meal to eat himself. So, therefore, the mourners subsequently would give him a sa'udah back. Mm-hmm. So, In the same, uh, the same year. Why? Well, just in order that everybody would make sure to have a sa'udah. So, those are the two uh, opinions on how to explain this. If somebody dies in the city, If somebody dies in the city, all the people in the city are forbidden to do melakha. Uh, the logic until the, after the levayah. The reason over here is so we can ensure that the deceased will be buried. We don't want anybody to take their mind off the deceased. And therefore if everybody going go to work, he'll be neglected. So therefore the deen is, everybody has to take off of work until the body is buried. Lidarrumta Rabbi ben found himself in a place called Darumta Kol called Shippura Dishikba He heard the Shofar being blown Which was an indication that somebody had died In the town Haza, He saw certain people de avde aveta. He said they were going to work lehu, He said to them anach inche He said these people should be in nidui. They should be excommunicated isn't there a deceased person over here in the city and Alaka said that nobody's not to go to work? They answered and they said, No, we have Hevra in the city. What is Hevra? So some of the Nishunim learned, Hevra Kadisha, meaning we have designated a group of people that are in charge of taking care of the needs of the deceased. And therefore, there's no worry that he's going to be neglected. On the contrary, there's, there's a rotation, for example. Mm-hmm. There's haburat Every week there's another group that is assigned responsibilities to take make sure that the deceased is married. So never the answer of the rabbi, why should you put us in khairim? No one's neglecting anybody. We took care of that problem. he said if that's the case, He took the excommunication off. It was given under a uh, false pretense, and therefore he was able to release them from their khairium. Koda Mitkashe Yoter midai. Anybody has a shalom That is overly Mourning over his deceased Which means he goes beyond uh, The normal mourning period And he doesn't get over it He doesn't recover uh, he, he is al Yotermi dai, Almet But in the, the says, the punishment is what else? You're crying for, for no reason, you're crying more than you're supposed to. I'll give you a reason to cry. And then what? is another myth that's taken away from him. The Gebara tells a story to prove this. There was a certain lady. De she was in the neighborhood of Ravuna. Havula. She had Shiva bane. She had seven sons. had So one of the sons died. Havat and she was crying excessively. She was over the the normal amount. Ale over him. Shalach la Ravuna. So Ravuna sent her a message. Lo taavde do not do this. This is dangerous what you're doing. You have to get over it. Lo She did not listen. She continued to cry. Shalach So the rabbi sent her a message. Itzaitat mutaf. If you listen to my instructions, be good. Veila Savit zavdata le'idach. Which literally means If you're not going to listen You should go and prepare the Literally the luggage The, vatazak, the suitcase For the next one Which means go prepare the takrikhim Go pre- prepare the shrouds For the next son Meet And sure enough The next son died And she still did not uh, Learn the lesson She was overly and excessively Mourning Until all her children died Lesof you might as well prepare the luggage for yourself, which means prepare your own tachlichim. And sure enough, umita, sure enough she died as well. So again, the up proving over here that one should not overly uh, mourn or cry after the uh, a given allotted time. And the Gebarah proves this from a pasuk. Al tefku l'meet, this Al tefku Literally means, don't cry for the deceased, and don't shake your head, one's head, uh, when he is in avelut. So the Gebarah learns like this. Al what do mean, don't cry for the deceased? The Halakha says, you have to cry for a deceased. So the Gebarah Doresh yoter midai, meaning, not excessively The al-tanudu Which is when the Avel shakes his head As a sign of Avelut That should also not be done excessively as well Haket, what's the shi'ur? Which means the first three days That's the ikar uh, Strength of the Avelut That's when right the time for crying Seven days, those are the days designated for eulogies. Thirty days for steaming or pressing clothes, which is asur, and for taking haircuts. After thirty days, it's not talking about for a mother and a father, but for thirty days for Shara atem bo which means you're not more compassionate than I am means if a Kadosh Baruch Hu took the person away, Kadosh Baruch Hu had a, had a reason for it. Obviously Kadosh Baruch Hu did it for the best. And therefore, when a person is crying excessively, as if he's showing he has more compassion than a Kadosh Baruch Hu, Kadosh Baruch Hu knows what he's doing. therefore, after a certain time, you have to uh, get over it. And therefore, uh, the Gemara says if it's not done, the consequences are dire. It should be noted that there was a Maaseh uh, that I heard from my Rabbis when Rabbi Davis, Alava Shalom, Yehuda Davis was sitting for his son. He had a son that was like 18 years old, who was a tremendous Tamil Hakam, and destined to be one of the great Rabbis of Israel. He had passed away, tragically. So Rabbi Davis was sitting, uh, and and uh, he was crying, so Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, ala vashalom, came to visit Rabbi Davis, so all the people, uh, when they saw Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, they ran to Rabbi Davis to tell him that Rabbi Feinstein is here to, to be menachem. So Rabbi Moshe saw what was happening, so he told them, leave him alone, he has a right to cry. Which means... Rabbi Moshe was ch- trying to teach them We uh, understand the story, that on the contrary, that's what the avilut is. This is the week where he's supposed to be crying. Never, don't interrupt him. This is the service of the avilut. Let him cry. This is uh, part of the process. Like the Kabbalah says, Shloshayamim na Bechi. The first three days is for Bechi. But after that, that person has to come to grips with the emunah that he has and accept the, the Baruchu. Comes the Gemaran, continues, and gives the Adira on the end of this Pasuk. Bechu Which literally means, cry for the one that goes. Ammar Levihuda. لَهُولَيْخ This is specifically talking about the somebody that leaves this world without children. Which means Leholeh. Leholeh means he goes, meaning for good. He's gone. He has no uh, legacy. So on that person, the Rabbi says, one has to uh, cry for. So comes the Gemaran says, Nevi lo azal Rabbi Joshua Levi would not go to the Bet Avel. It seems he did not want to be mevatel his Torah. So he wouldn't usually go to Bet Avel. Ela, leman azil belo bene, Unless it was a person that left this world without children. Then he would go visit them. De'khtiv, be'cho b'cho ki lo yashuv od, ve'ra'a et eres moladtoh. Which means this person over here, Kilo od, he's not going to return. Which means he doesn't have a uh, perpetuation to his children. And therefore, he doesn't have a Yerushal, he doesn't have a family that is going to follow him. So those are the ones that he used to go visit. Ravuna, Amar, Ravuna says no. This Pasukh is referring to something else when it says, He says, this is talking about a person that commits a sin, and then he commits it again. Which means he constantly is committing the sin. So the pasuk says, Lo yashuv od. He will not make teshuvah. She's so the person that is a chronic sinner on the same sin over and over again. The pasuk is telling us that this person will not make teshuvah. Why? Yeah, the pasuk means, I guess, uh, He's going in with his heart's desires He just goes freely to do whatever he wants And he commits the same sin over and over again The pasuk says He's not going to sin Why? When a person commits a sin And he does it twice Utralo, it becomes permissible to him. The governor says, Utralo, what do you mean? How can a sin become permissible? Just because he does it, uh, you know, a certain amount of times, never becomes permissible? governor Ela, Ema, Lo, It becomes to him like it's permissible. For example, a person, the first time he talks to shonara he feels a little guilty. He, he realizes he maybe did something wrong. He talks to shonara a second time, now he doesn't feel as bad as he did the first time. And the more times he commits the sin, he loses the sensitivity to the sin itself. And all of a sudden, after a certain amount of that, he becomes numb to the sin in totality. Now, mutar, he can speak it without any, any guilt at all. And that's what he's saying. That when the person goes freely and commits the same sins over and over again, he loses that feeling towards that sin. And then it says, Now, if a person thinks he's doing something that's mutar, so they can't make the shuvah. Person is only going to repent on something that he thinks he's doing wrong. But if he thinks the hazilo at And the Gemara, other place, goes even further and says that uh, after a certain while, it becomes a mitzvah, which he's already he thinks what he's doing is is proper, and it's it's, 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 it's a mitzvah to do this behavior. Comes the Gemaran continues, Amar Bilevi Aveil a mourner shloshayamim arishonim Yire'e et atzmo ki ilu cherev munahat lo ben shete yerkotav. The mourner should uh, look at himself the first three days of the Avelut As if a cherev, as if a sword is between his legs And someone is saying, Degresav derif ben ketefav Between, over his shoulders What's the explanation over here? The explanation of the says like this. Based on a Shabbat. It says in Gibraltar Shabbat Kuf Vav, min yid kol If one of the brothers dies in a family, all the brothers have to be concerned. Which means whenever there's a death in a family, there's not to be death on that family. Which means now ready. the books are opened up on that family. And therefore everybody has to be scared in the family, This is, that's not over. Maybe this is just the beginning of a gezerah. So the geberah is saying that the first three days, that's when the judgment is most severe. So therefore the mourners have to picture themselves that there's a sword over their heads. That maybe bar the gezerah is going to continue on the family. So they have to be very scared. Then the Gevara says, From three to seven, So it's not so, so severe anymore, the danger. Then you already have to imagine that the sword is, let's say, uh, prepared for them at the corner. So they're going to walk down the street, they turn the corner, the sword is there to get them. But it's not over their head, so it lightens up. However, it says Mikan which means after these seven days, Now, already it's not close to them. Now, already it's in the marketplace. It's further away from them, but still they have to be concerned. Uh, that's still far away. But, then, but then what is, what's the purpose of this uh, musad of the Gemara? He should be humbled. He should be when there's a of on a family. That's in order to humble them, in order to make uh, the proper uh, teshuvah. باروخ أدواء العلام أمين وأمين